And welcome back to the Forgotten Clubs, uh, Forgotten Football Clubs podcast. Uh, this is episode 16, I think we're at now. Um, and it's another special episode with another special guest on. Well, we've had him on before. It is our League of Ireland historian, Carl Riley. What's up, Carl? Hey, Philip. Thanks for the invite back again. No problem, no problem. And the reason why we have you back on is because basically we didn't get through uh, all the former League of Ireland clubs that we were going to talk about in the first uh, episode. Uh, we basically only touched on the Cork clubs, which says a lot about Cork because they've had 11 of them. Uh, so as, as we said in the previous show, you could probably, well, we did do our own show on it, but you could probably have its own book on it as well. Um, but for this one, uh, we're going to name it the Spartan Fingal Show because Spartan Fingal are a former League of Ireland side, of course. Now, we did touch on them on the first episode with FC Amsterdam, but that was our first episode. That was a, a pilot episode, um, and that was with me. And you're probably um, realising right now that Rory is not with us at the moment. Uh, we actually don't know where Rory is. He's gone AWOL. Um, but maybe he might join us uh, later on in the show. If he does, I'll let you know. If he doesn't, well, you can have your say about that. Um, but Carl, let's start off with Spartan Fingal, I suppose. Um, one of the more modern clubs from Dublin to go out of existence. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you know about them? Yeah, like I think I might have mentioned that on part one that I was I'm a relatively new fan to the League of Ireland, like 2009. So when I kind of started following. Uh, Irish football although I was aware of it I was kind of I was interested in it let's say years before that well Spartan Fingal Fingal were formed in uh, late 2007 so they come in 2008 and so basically my first experience with them is as as a Roberts fan is in 2009 when they knock us out of the FEI Cup which they go on to win then and then of course uh, 2010 uh, we played them four times in the league. In fact, Robbers never beat Sporting Fingal. So uh, all my memories of, of them as a club are uh, pretty negative. But their history is astonishing. I mean, as you know yourself, you were a fan of them. Uh, formed, won a cup, reached Europe, folded all in three years. In fact, only 965 days separated their first and final matches. So uh, that, that's an action-packed period. Um. I can share some of my Rovers memories if you want, but or, or control it to you. But um, it's an incredible, incredibly short existence. Yeah, I mean, you say there, you you had bad memories. I had great memories. Uh, I remember some of them games, um, against Rovers. Um, I will give you a little fact though, right? Um, that might cheer you up, uh, because and this is because somebody on Twitter. Uh, pointed out that Spartan Fingal were uh, a, a tin pot club, they call them. Um, and in my defense, this person was a Bowles fan, by the way. Um, Spartan Fingal have actually won a trophy more recently, a, a major trophy more recently than Bowles have. Uh, so, uh, who's, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you could argue who's a tin pot club, not including the Lancer Senior Cup. We don't include that as a major trophy uh, in Ireland. Well, I certainly don't. Um, but uh, yeah, as as you pointed out, they won the FEI Cup. Um, it was a roller coaster ride from the start. Uh, I could tell you the first ever meeting we had with Liam Buckley and Conan Byrne, uh, and they basically outlined the plans, uh, for the club that they were gonna use all the schoolboy teams around the area, um, as kind of feeder to the club and make it a real localized club. 
um, give, give a pathway to, to those schoolboy teams and, and lads uh, to League of Ireland football. Um, they did kind of do that in a way. Uh, I suppose Conan Bourne is from the area. Um, the, the, the club itself, while it was called Sport and Fingal, uh, was mainly just swords based. So while Swords is is the major town in Fingal, um, Fingal also consists of other towns like Malahide, Lusk, uh, Balbriggan's, Skerries, uh, all the all these type of uh, towns. But whatever reason, they never really got a fan base going out there. They did have one out in Rush, I know that. Um, but for for other reasons, they never really hit the other towns, and that maybe was one of the reasons why the club could never, um recuperate themselves or regroup once Jerry Gannon, uh, who was the main contributor uh, uh, of the club uh, of finances, once he it was, you know, folded basically because Anama took over and the recession hit, that the club couldn't uh, stand on its own two feet. Um, and that was one of the issues that I kind of had coming to the end of the, the reign because, as you know, we were playing players um, like Glenn Crow, Eamon Zaid, um, when we were in the Premier, um, at the time I was working on as a, well, I wasn't working. I was I was with uh, Extra Time as a as a kind of wooden journalist. I was only eighteen, nineteen, and I was trying to make make a name uh, in Irish football. And I found all their wage wages, uh, their wage slips. Now I'm not going to disclose how much is on it, but I can tell you, having five hundred fans at home games, it was not was not covering. It, put it in that way. Uh, so I could see the writing on the wall. Uh, if Jerry Gannon goes, the whole thing explodes, and that—that's exactly what happened. Um, but there was great memories. Obviously, the FAI Cup final. Uh, that that late late winner, um, scored by uh, Gary O'Neill. Um, who who was, who was in the news recently? Yeah, in the news recently for for uh, yeah, I was surprised to see that. I actually I, I got a sense my phone. Um, very very surprised. Uh, we won't go too much into it just because, I don't know, <laughs> legally maybe we can't, but uh, he got into a bit of bother. Um, and um, unfortunately, he is um, not a free man. <laughs> Let's just say that um, at the moment. Uh, but that, 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 it's funny the way these things happen, uh, especially with League of Ireland players somehow. Um, other players like Owen Doyle, actually, he scored against uh, Fingal in that final first go, and now he's still playing for Pat. So that just goes to show how how long his career has been going on. Um, but uh, again, we played in Europe against Maritimo. Um, gave it a good go, but you know we were never probably going to beat them. They're, you know, the Portuguese side who play against the likes of Porto, uh, Benfica, Sporting, Lisbon, um, you know these Braga, big, big, big sides like. Um, but it was it was an interesting journey. I always just remember my favorite time was play in the first division when we were playing the likes of Atlon Town on Tuesday night, and me and the lads would be in our uh, in the fiestas going down. It's only about ten or twelve of us, like, and it'd be freezing cold, like. But uh, we'd have a few cans, not the people who are driving, of course, but uh, the others. We'd have we'd have cans, and we'd be going through the towns in Ireland and all. Uh, like even when we were playing the likes of Merview at Fahey's Field, um, Limerick at Jackman Park. Um, Cove at Ram. Um, uh, Cove play at Coleman's Park. Um, these places are just you know it, it random 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 places. Um, and it was just enjoyable to play. And as I said, we did get the uh the one season in the Premier to play against the big boys like yourselves, Rovers, and Bows and and um 
not so much shells. We played shells in the first division where we grew a little bit of a rivalry. Uh, they weren't fond of us, uh, mainly because we were taking their fans, um, but and taking their place uh, as as the the kind of team around that area. But uh, it was definitely definitely an interesting time, and unfortunately, it ended very very prematurely and has never never resurfaced. Well, I mean, Dublin County. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of that project, Carl, um, which I was involved in. We nearly got back, which would have been a kind of replicate of Swat and Fingal without the sugar daddy, basically. It was a bunch of investors that were involved in that. But unfortunately, Martin Stadium turned down our application to play there. And we didn't get in on three, you know, we got in. Um, so uh, that's basically the story of Swat and Fingal uh, in short. Um, but there are other Dublin clubs that have fallen um, it, from League of Ireland, fallen from grace, let's say. Uh, can you tell us about a few of them? Yeah, so like all eight founding members of the League of Ireland in uh, 1921, like they were all from the capital. Uh, only two of them now are still in the league, uh, Bowles and Shelburne. So you have Shamrock Rovers joining the following year. And this would have been like in the backdrop of the Irish Civil War. You might have seen recently that Rovers celebrated their uh, 100th anniversary of their first league win. Uh, so that was 1922. So if you look at the other clubs, you got uh, Olympia, uh, Jacobs, uh, aka the Biscuit Makers, mm. uh, one of the best nicknames ever, uh, Dublin United, YMCA, who were based out of Sandy Mount. You got Frankfurt, who were from Rohini. So they would still be a junior club in AUL. And uh, Patrick O'Connell actually started out with Frankfurt. He's uh, the Irishman who managed Barcelona. Yeah. And Real Betis in the 1930s and won La Liga. It's kind of a fascinating story. I think people became aware of that in recent years and appreciated it. Uh, but the inaugural winners, you had St. James's Gate from Crumlin, and they ended up staying in the league for over 20 years. Uh, they did come back for a spell in the early 90s. Um, like They were initially the football team of St. James's Gate Brewery, uh, the home of Guinness, of course. And yeah, they later reformed and uh, they came back to Leinster Senior League as well at a lower level. So, I mean, there were other clubs. There were, you had Shelburne United, who were actually a different entity from Shelburne, mm. uh, but also from Rings End. You had Midland Athletic, who were a factory team from Dublin. You had Pioneers, Ratmines Athletic, Brooklyn, who were from Merchants Key. So, all of these clubs I've mentioned here. They kind of have unspectacular league spells in the 1920s. They drop out of the league pretty fast. But one who lasted a bit longer, you would say, is Brideville mm. from the Liberties. They have three spells in the league, a uh, combined total of 17 seasons. Uh, they get to a couple of cup finals. They had a Richmond Park initially, Harold's Cross, but uh, no success with them, unfortunately. Twice runners up. Uh, which would bring us on to Dolphin in 1930, um, Philip. So, kind of a notable club, uh, Dolphin, aren't they? Yeah, um, from around the same area. And you've mentioned a few clubs there that are from around the same area. So, Brooklyn as well, um, around that kind of, uh, I suppose, the St. Pat's Rovers area, if you like, the South Dublin, South Inner City Dublin um, kind of, between Talley and Chicor, all that kind of stuff, uh, Dolphins Barn. Um, it's interesting 
I always wonder if them clubs are still around, <laughs> how diluted uh, football would be in Dublin. Because a lot of people do complain that there's too many clubs in Dublin at the moment. I think there's six altogether at the moment in the league. Um, so you've rattled off a good few of them there. Um, but Dolphin, Dolphin was certainly uh, when when I mentioned their name, a lot of people find it funny. But obviously, we won't because we know of Dolphin's Barn is is an area in Dublin, and that's what they're named after. But um, I, I believe they won a league though. They did. They did win one league, didn't they? Um, yeah, they were league champions in nineteen thirty-five. Yeah. yeah, so they were. Yeah, based out uh Dolphin Park, which uh, still exists, believe it or not, it's used for hurling. Mm. But yeah, they won. They won one league title. Yeah. Um. So obviously, what I found was some of these clubs were kind of be kind of successful in their times that they were a bit like Swan Finger, I suppose. Um, and then they just couldn't do it anymore. Like, I mean, we're talking about some of these clubs, as, as you said, in the 30s and 40s. Um, and then, you know, then you have Drumcondra even in the 50s uh, 60s and stuff like that. So they weren't they weren't professional by any means. A lot of them were uh, made up from factory factory teams, like you mentioned, Jacobs there, the biscuit, the biscuit man. Um then you had uh, Olympia, who were their big rivals, the original Dublin Derby. Uh, have you ever heard that story of Jacobs and Olympia? No, I haven't actually. Oh, right. So before the League of Ireland started, right, Jacobs and Olympia played each other in the Lancer Senior League. Um, and it was seen as Jacobs used to, I think it was Jacobs, used to play British Army players on their side. Uh, Olympia didn't like this. Uh, I think Jacobs beat them, and Olympia then started a, an absolute riot. Basically, attacked them uh, after the game, uh, and they attacked their changing rooms and stuff after it. I think I believe there was about three players suspended from football altogether, and um, because of this. Uh, and then of course the two clubs went into the League of Ireland together, and uh, apparently the games were tasty enough. Um. But I, I now I've actually dubbed it the bit the first ever Dublin Derby because the way I see it, it is the first ever Dublin Derby because there were two clubs that definitely didn't like. I mean, they were attacking each other, <laughs> so you can't say that they were friends at all. Um, but um, yeah. So that there was that story there. Um, other than that, the the two clubs really didn't. Them two clubs really didn't do much in regards to League of Ireland. Um, Brooklyn FC were another one that didn't really do much League of Ireland. Um, St James's Gate, yeah, you were dead right. They won the first ever League of Ireland. They won the first ever FAI Cup, uh, and they're gone out of existence. And I felt that when they went out of existence, there wasn't an awful lot of uh, noise about it. Uh, for a club that has so much history within the League of Ireland. If, you know, you could ask some League of Ireland fans who they are and they probably wouldn't know, which is a bit of a shame, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I think they they won another league title in the 40s as well. But, uh, yeah, they, they drop out of existence. They come back in again. But they're kind of a... They're a first division club, not really making any waves in uh, the sort of early, mid-90s. But yeah, I think if you were to ask people on the street who were the first League of Ireland champions, they'd probably assume Shelburne or Bowes or Rovers or something. But no, it was actually St. James's Gate. So they are, by definition, a forgotten club. Um, I don't think people remember that fact, really. No, no. Um, and, and you would have assumed that being St. James's Gate, synonymous with Guinness, of course, um, that they would have 
maybe use that to their advantage, if you know what I mean. Um, like you see people, or you see clubs, Red Bull, for example, they use their, their advertising skills or, or marketing skills, should I say, to really uh, push their clubs. So you have RB Leipzig, uh, RB Salzburg. Uh, I think they have um, a club in Brazil now. I think they have a club in Asia. Um, so I, I always feel it was a bit of a marketing uh, thing, uh, a, missed, a missed ploy there um, that they should have probably pushed but unfortunately, they didn't. It's actually funny because I'd done a piece on St. James's Gate for my blog. They were one of the earlier clubs I'd done. And I spoke to a former player and manager. Um, his name was Mick Mugan. Uh, he was a Scottish lad. And he told me that when they went back uh, in the 90s, like you said, uh, the Guinness family, um, I don't think they're called Guin- Guinness. They're, they have some other name. Uh, didn't want to fund the club, the football club at all. Uh, so they had nothing to do with it. So St. James's Gate were basically on their own, kind of trying to fund everything uh, in the early 90s, which is a shame, really, when you think about it. Um, you think it would have been a, a nice marketing employee, but I suppose if somebody said to me, Guinness is more affiliated with rugby um, and, and that kind of sport, uh, so maybe 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 that, that that was the reason. I don't know, but uh, it's a shame that they didn't get as much... Um, um, as much airtime, I suppose you could say, as other clubs. You know, there is other clubs, and actually, one club that actually took them over, uh, St. Francis. Um, they're another a Dublin club that uh, played League of Ireland in the mid 90s, and they actually applied to play League of Ireland only recently again, but didn't pass the test with um, the FAI. What would you say about stuff like that? These, if, if say these clubs did come back, would you be in favour of that, or would you say, no, there's too many Dublin clubs as there is? Yeah, well, I do feel there's too many Dublin clubs. I mean, we saw um, Cabantini merge with Bray Wanderers there. And there was something I noticed when I was looking at all the the clubs elected and then leaving the league was that since or in the last 50 years, UCD in 1979 are the only Dublin club who are elected and are still there. Right. So if we're if we're not including Cabinteti then who have merged with Bray. Yeah. So I mean that's astonishing. So if you run through the list there, you got Home Farm, Jim Condor, who are later known as Home Farm, Everton and Fingal. Yeah. So James Gate, Francis, Dublin City, Sporting Fingal, all end up leaving the league. Um for different reasons. Uh we kind of covered in part one, didn't we? Why why do these clubs yeah. end up going bust or merging or whatever? whether it's finances or not able to tap into their their community. But it's it's a tall order, isn't it, when you're a new Dublin club competing in the city against Shamrock Rovers, St. Pat's, Bowes, Shelburne, even UCD, albeit there's not much of a fan base there. So I wouldn't necessarily like to see more Dublin clubs. Like when we saw Kerry get elected, I think there was a bit of fanfare about that it was like that's good because wasn't at one stage last year wasn't there there was no monster clubs in the top flight and I think there was a stat that Tata Stadium was actually the most southerly ground in the country which was an astonishing fact so I would like to see more of a geographical spread rather than new Dublin entities like uh, Francis or Fingal Come no, no offense to you, Phil. No, you're grand. Uh, going back. 
Um, no, I mean, I, I would agree with that. The only thing is, I'm a big supporter of that there should be a club in, uh, I suppose you could call it, uh, I suppose people outside of Ireland, I'd probably have to get geographical here, in County Fingal, because the closest club to us would be an hour away, and that would be Shelburne. Um, Talca is the closest club, the Swords. So if you're using Swords as a Fingal, Dublin Airport, basically, um, to get to Talca Park on a Friday night uh, with all the traffic and stuff like that would take about an hour on a bus. Now, if you're driving, probably take quicker, maybe 40 minutes uh, if you're going the motorway and stuff like that. So my argument would be that we would need a football club in this area. Um, now, I know it's failed many times, as people have pointed out, Spartan Fingal, Dublin City, um, two two clubs uh, that have been from this area that have not worked out. But as I've said about Spartan Fingal, it was all eggs in one basket. It was one man that was controlling everything. And because of that, because they didn't tap into other towns and fan bases and build it up, um, it, it collapsed quite quickly. Um, I I believe that if you're going to do these type of projects, you need to be be very, very slow in building it up. So you look at Kerry FC, like you said there, a lot of people are fearful that them, and even Treaty United who came in just before them, are fearful that they're not building up the numbers, the fan bases um, that they you know they need to survive. Um, fans aren't just going to just turn up straight away. You need to give them something to turn up to. Now, I know Kerry FC aren't doing great at the moment in the league. Uh, I think they've only got one win to their name, nine, nine points, I think. Uh, maybe less at the moment. Um, but they just have to keep plugging away and keep doing the good groundwork in the community uh, and in the towns around Kerry, so in Tralee and, and stuff like that. If they keep doing that and keep uh, uh, doing the work, the hard work, the, the work behind the scenes, which I believe they are doing, then they should be okay. They'll be able to build a fan base. Three United, I, I, I've had discussions with Three United fans about this and they're, they're quite happy to have their 500 fans and, and that's that. Because um, I, I think I made the point last year, they got to the semi-final of the FAI Cup and I said, well, it's going to look disappointing that you only bring, you know, 500 or 1,000 fans to Aviva. It'll look disappointing on telly to the neutral. And a lot of them said, well, we're happy with our 500 fans. But unfortunately, while, while you can have that mindset of, a, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we have our close group, we're hardcore fans, you need more fans to be established and be an established club and kind of stabilise yourself financially because, unfortunately, football is run by money. Um, and, and unless you're planning to be an amateur side and take a, a beating and never get to the level of, say, Damock Rovers and, and Bowes and Pats and Shells, I mean, okay, then then why play in a professional league? Um, why not just play in the, in the junior leagues then? Um, so that was my point to them. But as I said, Limerick, Tree United is a funny one because they came from another club, uh, Limerick, Limerick City, who are another forgotten club. Um basically their fan base came from there. Limerick is a huge county with a huge population. And for whatever reason, they haven't been able to capture the imagination of the the county to support a football club there. They also used to have Newcastle West, uh, who played League of Ireland as well. Um, and they dropped out. Now, they're still going as a junior club. Um, they dropped out because they wanted to continue as a junior club. They felt that they couldn't uh, push on, which is fair enough. Um, but... It's funny, the Dublin teams, we talked about the Cork sides in the first episode and why they had problems with it. In Dublin, you know, we have, what, 
twice, three times the population. Um, so you'd expect some to be enough fans to go around. But as you said, it is hard to crack that monopoly of, say, Pats, Shells, Bowls, Rovers, um, and UCD to a certain extent. Um, and I don't, I don't know if if it can be done. Uh, I think there's one million people in Dublin, say roughly. Um, not everybody's gonna love football, uh, or or soccer, I suppose, as you could call it. They're they're there in combating against the GAA and stuff like that. It it is a funny one. Uh, what what would you say though to then clubs just outside of Dublin? And we've had a few of them as well. So Kildare County, for example, do you think they should maybe uh try uh, have another crack at it, uh, or maybe have a, a different plan to it, uh, or were you disappointed to see a club like that fold? Yeah, I mean Kildare County. I think this topic came up a couple of years ago because Manute University, uh, Manute University got to the quarterfinals of the FBI Cup, and you had a couple of kind of League of Ireland veterans there you had uh kieran Kilduff, who's system manager so they were kind of they were in the media saying you know kildare has a population of quarter of a million and yet they're not represented in the league of ireland you have club kildare up to under 17 level after that if you want to play for a kildare club or even be a fan of a league of ireland club you have to look elsewhere so they were kind of saying that that that's not right there was rumors of a Kildare, another Kildare club being formed. Um, if you remember, the, the original one came out of Newbridge Town FC. Mm. Kildare County were based in, uh, in Newbridge Ground, uh, Station Road, just beside, uh, the train station. Yeah. And so Kildare, if you look at their existence, um, I think the best they did was a, a first division cup final. They were kind of challenged for playoff promotion a few times but then they kind of fell away at the end and they were near the bottom of the table Um, and the Kildare dream died then in 2009 like I say there's always rumours of, of a comeback and that's one county certainly in like the Dublin surrounding areas mm. Kildare is one where you think you're surprised there's not a League of Ireland club there Um. You could you could look at the mistakes made by Kildare. Maybe it should have been uh centralized, should be should have been a town club rather than in Newbridge. Maybe that was a mistake. Mm. And obviously it comes back to finances again. Uh if you look at Kildare Kildare County's page, some good players play for them in in the mid noughties. Gerard Bryan, I think, started there. Um so that would be one, yeah, Kildare County. Um, I have a feeling a club will come back eventually, but I don't know if it will happen. Yeah, dead right. Um, obviously, Philly Gorman uh, was also another player there that came for there, a bit of a cult hero. Every time I've mentioned uh, Kildare, his name always gets brought up. And uh, I've actually spoken to him a few times uh, about about the the club. Um, and he, he said he loved it. Uh, but you're dead right. I think one of the problems there was they didn't, uh, catch the imagination of the county of Kildare. Um, something that I've often said that the GAA does well. Uh, they catch the imagination of the actual county and get the county involved, if you know what I mean. Whereas I think clubs like Kildare didn't do that. They just pick, say, a little, uh, not a little town, Newbridge is quite a big town, but you know, they only pick a town in that county and kind of centralize it there. Uh, another, another club 
uh, who's quite popular um, amongst uh, Forgotten Football Club um, fans, is Kilkenny. Now they have been muted to be coming back in a different uh, a different um, name, Carlo Kilkenny. Uh, so that would be two counties uh, that would be coming back. Now they used to play in Buckley Park. They had a decent setup, I suppose. Uh, they were managed by uh, former Rovers man Pat Scully. Um, they. They, they 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 used to be called EMFA, uh, if I remember, uh, when they started off, and that was basically the the road that they were formed. And um, when I spoke to fans of them, the problem was that they basically got a lot a lot of their players from Dublin, and again they weren't concentrating on the actual county of Kilkenny. They were more concentrated on just that one area and bringing in players from Dublin to kind of represent them. And because of that, there was a, a bit of a dis this attachment to if that's a word uh with the club and fans uh which is something that you know as i said there kerry seem to be doing that they are you know engaging with fans and people the the population of kerry because as you know carl and this is just the people outside of ireland ireland is very tribal in 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 you know counties and stuff like that um, so if you're from a certain county, you will follow that county, whatever sport or discipline or whatever they're doing, or even a sports person, if they're representing Ireland and say they're from Cork or Kerry or Sligo or whatever, you will be proud that they're from your county. So I think that there is that, um, that, that, that they need to capture that kind of, uh, um, that kind of the imagination of the county. Um, Kilkenny, do you, do you remember anything about them? I know they were probably before your time. They were actually the team that Spartan Fingal took over. So they would have just been, just before you had started following Rovers. But I'm sure uh, being a Rovers fan, uh, hearing about Pat Scully and all, you probably heard a few things about them. Yeah, like you say, Pat Scully was manager there. And he he had a kind of a, a good, oppressive showing in the first division, which basically earned him the Rovers job in 2006. And he, he takes a few Kilkenny players with him to Rovers. Uh, he builds the Rovers team from scratch that gets them back up to the Premier Division. But in terms of the background, they were kind of a pet project of a man called Jim Radigan. And uh, mm-hmm. under Jim, they basically uh, moved up the ranks of League of Ireland football. Um, he wrote an autobiography called Blood, Sweat and Jeers, yeah. which is a fantastic title. Uh, like you say, they were originally called EMFA, which stood for Emmett Street and Fatima Avenue. And yeah, former managers include uh, Pat Byrne as well as Pat Scully. But uh, two stints in the Premier Division, uh, 97, 98, 2000, But they went straight back down on... Uh, both occasions. So like you're talking about finding an identity in the town. Uh Buckley Park was sort of an isolated location. So they just didn't attract enough locals for that project to succeed in the long run, I suppose. Two thousand seven was their, their last season in the League of Ireland and then they they joined this list of course of, of forgotten clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, and as I said, they're they're quite a popular uh club. Uh, anytime I mention forgotten football clubs from Ireland, uh, or do any polls or anything like that, they'll Kenny often uh, top the polls. Uh, so I I actually am 
I, I am a strong believer they will be back. Uh, I, I've spoken to one or two people who are uh, running the underage teams down there, the Carlo Kilkenny, as they're known. And uh, there is plans in the next, I think, five years uh, for them to, to come back into League of Ireland football. Um, I suppose we will just, uh, before we move on, Carl, we have uh, another person here joining us. I think he's a familiar face. Um, he's somewhat uh, come in a bit late. Uh, Rory, are you with us? Yep, I'm here, guys. Really sorry. Um, just for some context, I was on the train back up from Newcastle. There was a couple of delays and cancellations. Um, so I'm a bit late to the party tonight, and plus my phone died into the bargain. So, uh, not great from my part. Obviously, I know Sarah would help record tonight and and host and, and stuff like that. Um, so apologies, I'm coming to the party late, but I've made it now. So I'm here. I don't know how long have you guys been on for at this point? About half an hour or so. Yeah, half an hour, yeah. We've been talking about Dublin clubs, uh, as we said, uh, for our League of Ireland Part 2. Um, but you're just in time. We, we still have plenty more to talk about. Um, we've just Excellent. been discussing... Uh, yeah, we've just been discussing Kilkenny, who obviously aren't a Dublin club. But uh, Carlo Kilkenny um, could be muted as a club that could join League of Ireland uh, soon enough. Um, I suppose yeah. if we go back into Dublin, uh, Carl, um, loads of clubs there that we've mentioned... Uh, there's one club that I'd like to just give a, a good mention about and that you haven't said yourself. Um, Reds United. Um, do you know the story behind them? Yeah, I actually wanted to bring them up because yeah. um, it's something I'm uh, interested in is uh, one season wonders. Mm. And there's a, there's a select few of one season wonders. That is clubs in the League of Ireland who played one season uh, were elected and they were gone uh, at the end of that season and we spoke about Shamrock Rovers B team in part one in 2020 they had a young team that entered the first division they had been in the 2014 first division and so at the time they became a one season wonder because they were that was their one season but that Shamrock Rovers B team in 2014 were the first club to play one season in the League of Ireland and then be gone since Red United in 1935-36. And Red United came about because Shelburne, there was a dispute with the FEI in, uh, I think it was the year before, 1934. Yeah. And so until that dispute was resolved, Red United basically replaced Shelburne in the top fly. So it was basically made of the, of the same people, members of Shelburne, uh, people from Ring's End. Um, I think they did okay, finished about fourth. But once the dispute was over, uh, basically Red United stepped away again and allowed Shelburne to come back into the league. But interestingly, they, they played out at Glenmuller Park. So yeah. they shared Shamrock Rovers ground for that season. So... Yeah, it's a, a curious part of Shelburne's past, all right, is the Red United in the mid 30s. I, I always I always feel it it, it 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 really, really shows Shelburne. Like it's it's typical of a Shelburne uh Shelburne FC. because uh, I, I know a good few of their fans and they, they despise the FEI. Uh, and it's kind of bred into them, I think, from them early days. Uh, disputes. Uh, it's like uh, it's the same old Shelburne having a dispute with the FAI. Uh, as we know. 
the, the current Shelburne have, have had their difficulties the last, I suppose, 25 years, uh, you know, winning leagues and then getting relegated at the same time. Uh, so that story with Reds United is uh, is one that when I read it, I was kind of like, yeah, that fits the narrative of uh, Shelburne's history. Uh, but they were a separate club. They actually had a player from Scotland, Rory, um, that had joined um, them. He was a goal scorer. Uh, quite good. He used to play for Dundee United. I actually can't remember his name. It's something Tommy something. Uh, Roddy, if you can even, I, I know you love doing now Google while we're playing, uh, while we're uh, recording. So uh, if you want to do that, Roddy. <laughs> so what? What year? What year are we talking? Uh, they're called Reds United. So if you Google Reds United, uh, you'll find his name. Reds United. Uh... Let's see what have we got. And he used to play with Dundee United, you think? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's have a quick look. He was brought over. I don't know if he actually played for Shells themselves, but he definitely played for Reds United. Okay, and we're talking like around the 30s? Yeah. 1935. Okay. 1935. I can't see anything just from an initial Google search. Um, Let me do a little bit of digging. We'll let you do a bit of digging while we continue on talking about the other one, uh, one club, uh, or one season wonders, uh, that that Carl's going to tell us about. Um, give us another one there, Carl. I I know them, but uh, get, let our listeners know there. Yeah, well, I think we kind of we kind of covered them earlier on, didn't we? Yeah. They all come out of the twenties, basically, from that first season and the second season. Um, you can you never hear from them again. They one season and then they're gone. Well, I suppose if we go chronological order, uh, where did we finish off last time? We had Dolphin. Well, you had Drum Condra in nineteen twenty eight, who we we I think we covered them in a bit of detail in part one. Mm. And you have Transport join the league in nineteen forty eight, and Transport are a big enough team. They stay for fourteen seasons, and they're effectively the CIE team. Uh, Ireland's a public transport company for your listeners who don't live here and aren't familiar uh, so the highlight of Transport's time in the league was winning the cup in 1950 and the team was managed by Matt Giles an uncle of John Giles uh, interesting they played the first three seasons at, at the Carlisle grounds in Bray yeah or they moved out to Harrow's Cross so um, as far as I know that's that was the last new Dublin team elected until Home Farm in I need to, need to double check that but until the Home Farm in 1972 and then Home Farm merged with Jim uh, Jim Condra. Yeah. yeah so I think it was a uh, it was quite quite common just kind of going back to that uh, obviously you mentioned the uh, the the corp teams um I think it was quite common for like transport firms and other you know fact to have football teams associated with them and, and named after them. There was a Glasgow Corporation Transport. I think they, they ended up folding in, I think, the, the 1960s or 1970s, possibly later. Uh, but they're one of the, the longer-lasting uh, teams in Scotland at that time. There, there was loads of clubs that they founded around Glasgow in the, the, the kind of early the early fad of football, if you want to call it that. And, and the Glasgow Corporation Transport were, were one of those. So I th- I think there was the, the, the some commonalities there I think. Well well originally as well Dundalk were known as Dundalk uh, 
general rail, I think, as well. So there, there was that as well. Um, and as you, as you mentioned, the other factory team, Midlands Athletic, who, funny enough, are from Dublin, uh, even though, you know, Dublin is obviously not the Midlands. It's often a confusing one. Um, other other clubs, other Dublin clubs that, that really people forget about. Uh, you, you mentioned one earlier, uh, Shelbourne United. Now, Shelburne United, when, when I mentioned them, people say, no, no, Shelburne. They weren't. They were a totally separate club. They were nothing to do with the Shelburne FC today. Um, they played, I think, four or five seasons. Is it four or five seasons, Carl, in the in the, uh, in the the League of Ireland? Uh, I've actually not got a whole lot on Shelburne United. I'll have to uh, yeah. debout yeah, your yeah. knowledge on that one. But, um, yeah. They're, they're a club that... Um, yeah, there, there, there's not much on them to be fair to be found. Um, they did play against Shelburne FC and Derby. Obviously, they were derbies if they were playing each other in League of Ireland. Uh, I think they done well against them. Um, but yeah, it, it was a weird one. They they ended up just disappearing as well. There was actually I actually couldn't find out why they disappeared. Um, I can only assume financial difficulties or the other Shelburne just were bigger than them and and they kind of just couldn't compete. Uh, in that regard. Um, Dublin Club, uh, Ratmines Athletic, they were a one club, a one season wonder as well, I believe. Uh, I think they were one of the first clubs uh, to play League of Ireland, and then they kind of just dropped out. Um, not much on them either. Um, Ratmines is a is an area of of Dublin that is quite 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 well off, I suppose. Um, so maybe that was just a kind of something for for those people to do in the in the nineteen twenties when they were around. Um. Trying to think off the top of my head, other Dublin clubs. You have Dublin United, who are not Dublin City. So Dublin United were a totally different club. Uh, they were from Donnybrook, is that correct? They, yeah, they played out in Donnybrook, um, which is South Dublin. And Dublin City, which was the more modern team. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely sure you're, you're definitely uh, know about Dublin City because Roddy, Roddy Collins, our mate, uh, he, um, he managed them, uh, and of course they went bust. Um, but uh, do, you, do you know much about them? Yeah, I wanted to come back to Dublin City actually because you yeah. were talking about trying to identify with fans in that county. And if you look at Dublin clubs, I mentioned UCD were elected in 1979, and they're obviously a college club. That that's what their yeah that's what their whole system is. Whereas Dublin City. I don't think any other Dublin club has tried this approach where first of all, they came out of a split within Home Farm and Home Farm were a famous club, famous for its youth system, produced countless Ireland internationals like Liam Brady, John Giles, Ronnie Whedon. They won FEI Cup in 1975, but they leave the league and out of that comes Dublin City. And so what Dublin City do is they adopt the Dublin GAA colours mm. and they're sponsored by Carol's, the, the tourist shop where you can buy all your Irish souvenirs. Uh, they're all they're on a Ronan Siri. So he has uh, lofty ambitions about uh, joining the European Super League, mm. which was talked about a lot in the early 2000s and uh, hopefully is never talked about again. <laughs> Yeah, I would certainly if if there was any kids going into that uh, that Carol's logo on them, then uh, I would certainly like to buy one. I know I've, I've bought a few Irish souvenirs from Carol's before, so um, maybe a little bit ashamed to say, but you know, if if uh, there was a kit going around with that logo on it, then I'd, I'd certainly be interested in buying one. 
I'm sure you'll find a retro kit somewhere, but uh, I know people here yeah. in Swords who have the Dublin City kit. I like I've seen people wear it only like recently. I, I actually I'm in my head, I know somebody who has it. I don't think it has the Carol's logo on it though. I think they were sponsored by somebody else on it. But you're dead right, Carl. Uh Carol's was kind of the the shop that they kind of tried to push it. But uh yeah, continue the story because <laughs> we know that they're a forgotten club, so this doesn't end well. Yeah, well they're promoted twice, but um but the interesting one for me is I know I, I keep circling back to Shamrock Robbers, but that's where mm. that's where a lot of my experience comes from, I suppose. But they they faced Robbers in the 2005 uh, promotion relegation playoff. And this is the only time Robbers are relegated in their entire history. And the year before, 2004, Roddy Collins had been manager of Dublin City. And with only if few games to go he jumped ship to Shamrock Rovers and to this day he claims he's never been relegated but <laughs> Dublin City were relegated that season he joins Rovers then the following year Rovers are in financial meltdown basically they go into administration um, and with a couple of games to go Rovers have a new board it's a fans own board they decided to suspend Roddy and they bring in Alan O'Neill, former goalkeeper, just for the relegation playoff alone against Dublin City, who were managed by Dermot Keady, who uh, led Roberts to a double back in 1987. So it's Alan O'Neill versus Keady, two legends. And so this is a two-legged playoff at uh, Talca Park. Uh, the first one, first game finishes one all. And Barry Murphy, who obviously has goes on to have a very good career with Robbers, he's injured in the first leg, and his his replacement, uh, John Blake, comes on, but he makes a howler. So John Blake, unfortunately, is not up to it to play in the second leg. So Shamrock Robbers go into the second leg against Dublin City with no goalkeeper like Alan O'Neill I interviewed him before a few years ago he said he's he took the day off work and he rang basically everybody in the country looking for a goalkeeper to play in a relegation playoff and eventually he finds a man named John Walsh who was 36 and hadn't played football in a year I think he had just played GAA and this was Robert's goalkeeper against Dublin City, which is a fascinating story, but it's not John Walsh's fault that Robert's no, relegated. They lost 2-1. Uh, actually, John had quite a good game by all accounts. And uh, Derek Tracy scored in a one-all draw, but they lost in the aggregate. And after all that, Dublin City are promoted at the expense of Robert's. But then the following season, Dublin City resigned midway through the league in 2006 and that was the end of them um they never had a permanent home ground they didn't have much of a fan base or a proper identity we spoke before about all these well-established Dublin clubs that they compete with so it was always going to be a struggle for them but incredible story to relegate robbers and then go bust midway through the following year 2006 
Yeah, yeah, it Dublin City, the Dublin City story. They did try to target, uh, the, I suppose, the Fingal area, the Swords area, as I said, because I do know a few people. I would have been around 16 at the time, so probably just before I started sporting League of Ireland, really. Um, but I do remember a lot of Dublin City uh, jerseys going about. Uh, that, that that kind of they look like Dublin GAA jerseys, basically. That's even that crest, everything, everything just looked uh, GAA. And I think that's what the series uh, plan was was to kind of capture that uh, Dublin mill. But as you said, it's it's a difficult one to do because Dublin, when it comes to soccer, is uh, is split. Like I mean, you're you're rarely gonna get Robert. Well, you will get Robert Ball's fans that are friends, but you're not gonna get them together if you know what I mean like you know as 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 a one club sort of thing it's quite uh, tri- uh, tribal uh, in that regard so trying to mix everybody Dublin is uh, is not going to work probably wouldn't work as well as doing it with like say a one county club like Kildare for example which is much much smaller um, but Dublin City were definitely Definitely a, an interesting story, um, and yeah, I always affiliate them with Roddy, uh, who, as he rightly says, says he's never gotten relegated. Yeah, uh, we <laughs> all know that's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, probably not true, to be honest. There, but um, no, um, no, Phil, I've been I've been doing some digging just while you guys have been talking over the the Red United, yeah, um, player that you mentioned. I can't find anything whatsoever. So why don't you tell the listeners the name of the player? Um, right. and a little bit about him. Okay, so I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this second name right because it is a bit of a weird second name. His name was Willie Ocherloni. Ocherloni. Um, he played for Reds. You know, he was their top goal scorer that season with twenty goals that season. Um, for them in their one season, he was brought over from Scotland. Uh, the story is is that he was brought over. Uh, that that one of the shells, or well, one of the Reds United uh, board, but obviously were shells. Uh, knew him. Uh, they were friends with him. Um, they had played in Scotland or something like that, and they invited him over to play. Uh, so he came over and played for Reds United that season. Uh, scored twenty goals for them, which is a decent return. Uh, they paid him uh, apparently a decent wage as well. So he actually at the time was known as one of the better paid players uh, in the league, even though the league and probably Reds United weren't technically a professional club. Uh, I think he was given a job as well while he was over here. Uh, but then he went back to Scotland and he ended up playing for Dundee United uh, for quite a bit. I think he played for other clubs, but they're the two clubs that stood out for me. Um, so uh, so how are you, how are you, sorry, sorry, Phil, how are you spelling that second name just so I can try and find a, a little bit about yeah. this guy? I have him on on the Forgotten Football Club's blog. I actually have a picture okay. of him as well. Um, his the second name is O U C H T E R L O N I E. Wow, strange one. It is. It oh, is. Uh, okay, so it would be a uh, uh, William Octoloni. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, William uh, Willie, Willie Okay. Yeah, that's so it. I I found him here. Yeah, so um. Born in St Andrews, he looks like one of the earlier pioneers of football. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Definitely want to look and at. He played for um When we're doing our he forgotten for, uh, players, uh, uh, section, he is uh, an interesting character, and uh, I'd like to look into him more. But um, yeah. No, Kyle. I suppose we covered a lot of the Dublin clubs there. Uh, we I suppose we have to give every club a mention. Uh, Frankfurt we we mentioned they have a junior club at the moment. I think, 
Um, Pioneers are the same. They have a senior club or a junior club. They still play. I actually know a few people who play for Pioneers out of Swords here. Um, they're two clubs. Uh, YMCA. They they're an interesting club. I think they're a one season club as well, aren't they? I think they are. Isn't it? They they were in the inaugural season. Yeah. They were a cricket club uh, originally, YMCA. Uh, anytime I mention their name, obviously you get the the people having a little giggle because obviously we all know the song uh, by the village people, YMCA. But uh, <laughs> they were an originally uh, a cricket club that just basically tried their hand at football um, and they had one season. I think they came rock bottom in that season and they weren't, uh, as League of Ireland done back then, you had Should to give them. Really- and 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 they weren't re-elected basically. Um so I think that's every every Dublin club we've we've covered. Um is there any more? Give a shout out actually to St. Francis. Um they had a fairy tale run to the FEI Cup in nineteen ninety. Yeah. As a non league club. And they played Bray Wanderers who were in a who were in the first division at the time. So that was a bit of an event. Uh, thirty thousand people turned up to Lansdowne Road for that one. Um, Bray won three nil. Uh, one of the few times a hat trick was scored in the FBI Cup final. Actually, one of three times. Uh, was it a man by the name of John Ryan? Was that was yeah. that it? Yeah. Um. So yeah, Fran- that was under Pete Mahan, who went on to manage St Pat's. So yeah, just to give uh, St Francis a mention there, but. I think Home Farm, I, I, I mentioned that Dublin City come out of Home Farm and I, I, I spoke about their history, but they they won the Cup in 1975. Uh, you had Noel King and Dermot Keeley on the team for that one. So that was kind of an upset. One nil win over Shelburne and they played in the Cup Winners' Cup. And when they merged with Drum Condra in the early 70s, the, the agreement was that they would keep the name Home Farm mm. uh, Drum Condra. But then the following year, much to the anger of Sam Prohl, the former Drum Condra owner, Home Farm just dropped the name. And just like that, the name Drum Condra was uh, gone from existence. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was an interesting one because Home Farm are, are quite close to Drum Condra. Um, Sam Prowl, he was definitely a, I think we spoke about him in the first episode a bit of a character and Drum Contra themselves in case anybody's listening here we did cover a lot of Drum Contra in the first episode hence why we haven't gone into their history but they obviously are one of the bigger Dublin clubs to have uh, folded haven't played in uh, not folded they still play uh, at Leinster Senior League I think um, but they are one of the bigger clubs to drop out of League of Ireland haven't played in Europe against the likes of Atletico Madrid at one stage um, and winning titles as well and being Rovers uh, kind of big rivals back then uh, it was a, it was the Drumcondra uh, Rovers uh, derby really instead of Bowes Rovers um, the north side, uh, south side derby. Um, yeah, I mean, other clubs to, to kind of give a shout about. We've talked about Broadville, Brooklyn, and uh, not much known about Brooklyn to be honest. Dolphins from Condra, Dublin City, uh, Dublin United, um, Frankfurt, Home Farm, Jacobs. Um, there's there's two clubs that we haven't talked about, and because they're not from Dublin, Merview and Salt Hill also played League of Ireland football. They're from Galway, of course. Um, they they. 
probably more recently dropped out uh, because Gal- Gal- I think there was an agreement with Galway United that they just have one club in Galway and Salt Hill and Merview would be used as kind of junior feeder clubs. Uh, Carl, knowing the size of Galway, and I know Galway at this present time are, are dismantling the first division and look like they're going to be a Premier Division club once again, but do you think that the size of Galway, the county Galway, uh, maybe should have more than one club? Well, if you remember, there was a time where we had the, the, we had the two clubs. Uh, we had Salt Hill Devon and Murphy United. This was because Galway left the league in 2011 and then they returned in 2015 under Galway FC and then they were named the Galway United. But it was, uh, I think even two was too many at the time because both clubs were struggling near the bottom of the first division. This was back in... 2014, uh, Hill finished bottom of the league three times. Um, statistically speaking, probably one of the worst clubs of all time, mm. just based on their four-year performance. And they ended up leaving along with Merview. And the Merview were based out of Fahey's Field. They did, to their credit, produce two of the best strikers of modern times, and that is Pat Hooban and Rory Gaffney. But Merview, in their five seasons, Never managed to get out of that first division either. I thought, and... uh, Carl, you were gonna you were gonna say another striker that came from Airview. Uh, do you know who the other one is that I'm thinking of? That uh, it's probably controversial to be honest. Who's that? Aaron Connolly. He's actually from Airview United. Um, ah, well. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were gonna say him, and I was gonna say two of the best strikers <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think his uh, I think his career he could probably deal with going back to Merview and kickstarting his career again but um, yeah Fahey's Field you ever, uh, have you ever visited Fahey's Field? No I was never out there actually Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to well to, I know that it's not over yet but mm. looking forward to potentially going back to MNDC Park next season yeah haven't been there since I think 2019 was my last visit there. Probably my favorite city to go as an away trip, Galway. And I mean, Galway have been crying out for success for so long. I haven't won anything since the FBI Cup in 1991. Um, so I do hope they go up. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's I think a lot of League of Ireland fans agree with me. It's like it's one of the better away trips. Yeah, I think everybody, uh, Rory. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about Galway, but Galway's kind of seen as the party county of Ireland. Uh, everybody from Dublin would go over to Galway uh, for a good for a good time. Uh, I've gone over. Uh, it's 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 such a nice city. Um, it's it's uh, great people. Um, and I think everybody, I think yeah, as Carl says, every League of Ireland fan is hoping they get promoted because it's a decent away day. It's far away, but. It's easy to get it as well, um. So mm. we're we're all looking forward to that one, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I've I've certainly I've certainly heard things about County Galway. Just that it's a one, it's a beautiful place to visit. Um, the people are really friendly. It's it's just like a generally good place to go. But I've also heard there's a bit of a party atmosphere about it, and um, it seems like one of those places where you know you you city types can get out and you can go to and and, and just something. Um, it really kind of echoes that sentiment, but. I know I, I wanted to ask Carl a question if that's okay. Just kind of, I suppose, is it, it maybe a bit of a weird one? And to be honest, I think I already know what the answer is. But, you know, myself and Carl have spoken about it before. Obviously, being a Celtic fan, there's a, there's a big connection with 
with Ireland and, and the League of Ireland in some ways and our, our favourite man uh, Dermot Desmond maybe maybe you know Liam Scales the man who was money money launder etc etc uh, we, we, we often bring players over from Ireland there's Irish players in our youth setup and stuff like that but what I wondered Carol was have Celtic ever invested money or supported any clubs in Ireland that have ended up going defunct that you know of? And again, I, I don't know any of the answers here myself. I was just curious if, if you knew of any or um, if there was any form of support. Because obviously, before recent times, especially especially around Celtic's founding in 1888 and especially the 30s and 40s, and all through our history, to be honest, Celtic have always been quite close to the link with Ireland. Do you, do you know of any clubs who have re- even received funding or support from from Celtic who have ended up going going bust or or, or coming out of existence? Uh, not to my knowledge. Um, obviously, we have the link now with Dermot Desmond on twenty five percent of Rovers. Mm. Um, I mentioned Home Farm earlier; they had the link with Everton in the nineties. Mm. Uh, maybe Philip knows, but um. Not too familiar with other Celtic investments. Mm. No, but that's fair. I was just curious because obviously, what well, one of our, one of our better players, I think, in the thirties and forties was Sean Fallon. Um, so I was just curious to see if that kind of translated to other clubs, or if we specifically send money to other clubs to be set up and anything along those lines. No, not 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 in my knowledge. I don't think Celtic have ever uh, interfered um in League of Ireland. I mean, there is Belfast Celtic that played in Northern Ireland that were based on Celtic. Uh, you know, kind of the same crest, the same ethos. They, they were the Catholic team up in Belfast, and of course they folded after uh kind of you know a bit of I suppose uh, sectarianism and stuff like that. They kind of got sick of the IFA. Uh, taking the side of Linfield, um, and uh, kind of, uh, I think there was an incident where a Belfast Celtic player's leg was broken by a fan or something like that, and uh, by a Linfield fan at a game, and they didn't, uh, the the IFA didn't do much about it, um. So I think I think there was there was a connection there with Celtic, but in regards to League of Ireland, I I can't think of any, and I can't even think of any, uh, you know, players. Uh, switching over like I know John Johnny Kenny is now at Rovers he's on loan from Celtic um, but and then the Liam Scales story obviously as well uh, he went from Shamrock Rovers to Celtic he's now playing with Aberdeen I believe um, so yep. yeah so it, there, there is them kind of modern connections but there's nothing that I can recall that this, this Celtic that Celtic as a football club have uh, tried to pump money into any club or uh, League of Ireland club. I know, mm. I know they have a fan friendship with Bohemians. Um, now I don't know if that's an old think... or that's a hooligan thing or that's a made up thing. I don't. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's any of them. So yeah. I think. You know, I've I've kind of seen flags before where it's had like the Celtic crest on it, the Bohemians crest on it, and the Wrexham crest on yeah. it. But <laughs> as far as I'm aware, there's no official friendship. It's very much just a case of like, okay, they're all right, sort of thing. And yes, there might be some fans from Ireland who come to the Celtic games who are also fans of Bohemians, and that's okay. As far as I'm aware, there's no official ultras or fan connection between Celtic and Bohemians. But obviously. You know, obviously, we, we. I mean, listen, we've we've had hundreds of Irish players through the years. Um, from Sean Fallon, 
Um, you know, obviously Liam Brady managed us at one point. It, it was a pretty bad managerial spell. Uh, Paddy McCourt as well, although obviously with, with recent developments, I don't want to talk about him too much. Um, but when he played for us, he was a great player. Um, and obviously, as you said, Liam scales now. But you know, as me and Carl have said on the on on part one, that that, that seems more like a, a money laundering thing than anything else. Um, but he does listen for for by all accounts, he scores he scores absolutely incredible goals. Uh, the three goals that I've seen him score in Scotland have been absolutely class, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, not, especially um, that last one. Just on that, Rory, he actually first Shamrock Robbers. I think he scored. He scored five goals in total, including for the 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 reserve team in, in the first division. And for whatever reason, they were all crackers. He just only scores spectacular goals. There was one in, the, in a mm. President's Cup game where he just seemed to be momentarily possessed by Liam Bergkamp. <laughs> just like he just controlled the ball on the body, swooped it over a defender, and then put it in the far corner. And this was our left wing back. Mm. So, for whatever reason, he just he just kept scoring spectacular goals. You mentioned Bonnie McCarth, yeah. Uh, the only other one that springs to mind would be Pierce O'Leary, who Pierce won O'Leary, the yeah. Cup with both clubs, Celtic and Robbers, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just going back to Liam Scales, I think, obviously, so three goals that I've seen him score in Scotland. Uh, the first was against the United, second was against Wraith Rovers in the Scottish Cup, I think it was. And then obviously his third was uh, he definitely meant it uh, against Rangers when they played just about a month or so ago, maybe six weeks ago now. But I think my favourite of the three, you know, the 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 goal against Wraith Rovers definitely comes close because we were it was a, a very very poor game and you could tell Celtic just weren't weren't arsed to be honest. But um, he just kind of takes it and hits it with his his foot and the curl on it is insane. But I think my favourite would be the goal against Dundee United. Just for for the, the 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 attacking move around it, but they cut back to him as well, and then he just he hits it so perfectly, it's so aesthetically pleasing watching it. So, uh, urge you guys and our listeners to go and have a look at it. Celtic three Dundee United nil. I think that was twenty twenty one, um, and hopefully you know obviously we're going to be looking for a new manager. So maybe you never know. We'll maybe get a run in the team. Maybe get a little chance. It's doubtful, but you never know. But obviously, there's there's a big Irish connection, obviously between Celtic and, and League of Ireland clubs, and uh, I was just interested to see if if we'd actually given support or any form of official, I suppose, back into any clubs that went defunct. I know there was a, you know, we seem to send players out on loan to Cork quite a lot. Uh, Barry Coffey, who obviously joined them permanently, Toby Oliver Yemi, who's there as a goalkeeper, who's on loan, so. Um, the links obviously still there always will be for obvious reasons but I was just curious to see if, the, if there was any backing given to clubs that went defunct so well if there was they obviously didn't do a great because <laughs> the clubs went defunct uh, <laughs> um, but uh, Kyle look uh, I think we've covered every Dublin club I think we've covered every club uh, I think one club that we just haven't given a shout out to is Newcastle West uh, who I, I did mention them before from Limerick uh, they did have a brief spell in League of Ireland and one of the few clubs that uh, in my research didn't actually leave League of Ireland because of financial reasons they left League of Ireland because they felt that they were a community club and wanted to stay a community club and uh, basically said that that's the way we're going and uh, just stayed 
um, as as that, and they still are uh, quite a good uh, junior club. So they're another club that played League of Ireland at one point. Um, I suppose the big, big question, Carl, and I don't think we asked you this in the first one, out of all the, I think there's 42 clubs now uh, that have uh, gone uh, uh, out of League of Ireland, uh, if you could pick one, one, who would you pick to come back? One to come back. Um, well, I don't know if I would want them to come back. It's for like you asked me, did I want? Did we have too many Dublin clubs? And mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I think we do. So for that reason, I wouldn't like to see the likes of, you know, Dublin City or all these clubs come back. Home Farm and Drumcondra. I think there's so much history there. Mm. I would probably lean towards. Maybe those two. I know they have. Uh, I know Jim Conjure came back into the Leinster Senior League. Uh, the Cork clubs. I don't think would would it work because Cork City are so established now. Uh, it would be kind of mental to be talking about bringing back uh Cork Celtic and Cork Hibs and and all these. Um, I suppose the one that's missing is is. Limerick and Treaty are a, a a different club now, though you still have the same fans there. But I think there is, given Limerick, there's, there's been a Limerick club in the league since 1937. Uh, they won the league twice. They they were in Europe. I, I would pick probably pick Limerick and Drumcondra, even though you heard in part one, I was mostly fascinated by the Cork history. Mm. Well, Cork City have been well established since 1984. So that's been very so... much in the past, whereas maybe Drumcondra and Limerick is more recent. And mm-hmm. I could see them adding something to the league if they were to come back. I mean, I was going to say, that the way that I always look at it is, is like representation. So um, when I'm looking at, not that I do it often, but when I look at the Scottish leagues and, and just how our setup is, what are the, the counties or the areas which are least represented? So for us, it would probably be the, the borders and to a, a lesser extent, maybe the highlands. So I suppose for you guys, you know, is, is, there, a, is there currently a, a League of Ireland team in Donegal or Tipperary or something like that? Would you maybe choose a, a club from there to bring back? Well, there's not no club like so. Finn Harps are a Donegal club, uh, and there's been no club uh, defunct from Donegal. Um, where did you say Tipperary, Tourist Town? Uh, they were we we Tourist, spoke about them. yeah yeah yeah, and um, we spoke about them. Um, uh, they, there's a current uh, club there called Saint Michael's that are youth club that are actually in the FEI Cup, uh, coming up. Um, then you know the. the there's, there's loads of clubs, and Carl is spot on there. You could pick a Dublin club, but you then say, oh, well, we've too many Dublin clubs. But the Dublin clubs, mm. you know, Drumcondra are well. Like, if you said Drumcondra, you'd have a great argument to bring them back because of our history and, and the success that they did have. So if Carl said Drumcondra, uh, I'd find it hard to argue with him. I think it'd be funny if you if we did bring back another Cork club because I could see the Cork fans' heads exploding. Because uh, I don't think they'd be able to take it. I honestly don't think they'd be able to take it. Um, they, 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 they have enough for one club there. Never mind, uh, uh, throwing in another one. Um, but it would be fascinating to see a bit of a. I know Culver obviously there, but uh, an actual Cork City derby uh would would be interesting to see. 
Um, obviously, as we mentioned, Kerry are now involved in League of Ireland. There's good few counties that you know are not have never been represented that are big. Um, one in particular, Mayo. Uh, I think are are big time missing. Uh, out of League of Ireland, Mayo is a huge county, has a, has a big enough population. Uh, I know it's a bit of a GAA county, but let's be honest, they're never going to win <laughs> the All Ireland. So, and uh, why not give it a go at uh, League of Ireland? Um, there has been calls that their um the the Mayo District League, I think, uh, I've I've talked about it at board level, but it doesn't make financial sense. At the end of the day, it has to make financial sense for these clubs, uh, junior clubs or even county uh, clubs or district leagues to actually join League of Ireland. Otherwise, we'd be just adding them to the list that's already at 42. Um, personally, I'd bring back Sporting Fingal, but that's that's just my uh, that's my uh, selection uh, simply because they're around here. I, I do things differently. Um, but uh, I don't think that would be a favourable choice, to be honest, amongst League of Ireland fans. I'll, I'll throw in Kildare County as well, actually. Rory mm-hmm. uh, missed that part of the conversation. Yeah. Where we were speaking about provincial counties and Kildare were there for, from, what was it, 2002 to 2009? And like I spoke about earlier, that's a huge population. Mm. Uh, you've got a lot of players from Kildare playing for Dublin clubs seems like a lot of potential there yeah. so I would I'd definitely I would throw in their county I think it's Monaghan? probably about time they were represented again what about Monaghan um, no um, I I just don't feel they ever had the support there mm. so I don't why would it be different this time around that's just my opinion but yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't pick Monaghan, to be honest. The problem with Monaghan, mm. again, was the same way. Remember, we were talking about Kilkenny. All their players were based in Dublin. I think they actually trained in Dublin, and, and everything was based in Dublin until they actually played at uh, Garty Keegan, which is in Monaghan, um, and not the great stadium again. They, they, you know, Well, they make a great Mondog, as we discussed in the first episode. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, that's not enough to, to represent uh, as a League of Ireland club, uh, and you'd have to sell an awful lot of Mondogs to pay uh, professional wages. Um, but... Um, well, yeah, that, think... that's the thing, and I, I can imagine the I can imagine it's kind of similar over here because the the majority of teams that are called county in Scotland, so you know you've got like Ross County, uh, Nairn County. To be fair, I think they're the only two, <laughs> but um, teams that are based around the the county area as opposed to a specific town or region or smaller region, um, they're very very few and far between and. It's it's a bit strange, and it depends on the context of the of the country and the football in the country that you're looking at. But it's like when you take in all the things that we've talked about, what makes a football club over the the episodes we've been in. So you know, you've got identity, you've got the city, you've got the maybe like a an industrial area that the football team was formed from. You've got their past and stuff like that. If you just come out and say like, I'm going to make a team based on X county. You, you, I feel like you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot from the off. It's going to be a bit of a struggle. Like, I could never ever see there being a Lanarkshire County FD in senior Scottish football because there's just so many places. It's such a big area. So maybe maybe that's something to take into account as well. That maybe it's, it's it could never work because there's just so many other teams there. There's so many other identities, and if you stay in a place, it's quite a big area and quite a big county. Then there's just so many different mixtures of people but it's it's not going to work does that make sense 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, in Ireland, um, like we talked about earlier in the show, um, counties are represented at a GAA level, and and what they do is very well at GAA. They get the whole county involved instead of just one or two towns. And as we said, we talked about Kildare County. The problem was they weren't actually Kildare County. They were more uh, Newbridge, which is a town in Kildare, and, and that's where they based everything. And unfortunately, Newbridge, while it's a big enough town, uh, is not going to, uh, you know, bring in huge numbers. But um, no, uh, yeah, no, 100% understand what you're saying, Rory. We, uh, I couldn't imagine, uh, say, for example, uh, well, I mean, Loud County or something like that. There's already two clubs in Loud, so yeah, you can't imagine a football club like that. So no, I do understand what you're saying there. But um, look, I think we've covered every club uh, possible in League One. I think we've done all 42. Uh, we've mentioned all 42. Carl, is there anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to uh, uh, put in? No, I think we've covered it, lads. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think every League of Ireland club, uh, former League of Ireland club, has been covered. In, and as I said, it had to take two shows to do it. Um, so there you go. That just tells you uh, how much history is involved in League of Ireland. But it's, it's always great to talk about League of Ireland, um, and especially history, and especially with yourself, Carl, because uh, the knowledge of history in League of Ireland is, you know, rare in some cases, uh, as as you know. Like, I think... Um... I think if we we wanted to kind of go in depth to uh, the court clubs, we'd probably need a, a, at least a four episode series to go through that, um, because that is very complicated and there, there's a, quite a lot to go through. So, um, yeah. you never know. Maybe we'll come back to it. Uh, football history is important. Football history is interesting across all aspects, and obviously the court teams were were they were big clubs, um, back in the time, and they were very important to a lot of people. So. Uh, you know, maybe that's something we could look at in the future. Definitely, definitely. Um, but on that, the Dublin clubs were better. Um, <laughs> we just have to throw that in there. Uh, and I know Carl agrees. Uh, I, 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 I have to say, man, when it, whenever I visited, I, I, did, I do prefer Cork to Dublin, I'm afraid to say. So, but listen, maybe I've just not seen enough of the city yet. So, um, you never know. I'm, I'm open to have my mind changed on that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, don't come over now, uh, because it's not great at the moment. But uh, we'll we'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll go and watch. Uh, maybe I'll go and watch your overs game with Carl, and we'll see. Well, as long as it's not that club that shall not be named, we're we're all good. I think we're all in agreement that we don't like uh, certain clubs that begins with B. But uh, on that note, I think, uh, <laughs> we, we will end the episode. Um. Uh. Once again, Carl, it's been a privilege having you on. Great talking League of Ireland with you. I'm sure we're going to have you on again. And uh, there's there's no doubt about it. You never know. There might be another club added to the list. Uh, who knows with League of Ireland? To be honest. Uh, but there's also so much other stuff that we could cover. Uh, former League of Ireland players, matches, cup finals, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, we'll definitely have you back on. Uh, in some shape or form. Um, but for this episode, it is over. Uh, thanks, Rory, for joining us eventually. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. Thanks very much for having me on. Um. A little bit later than normal, just you know. Listen, these these things happen. Uh, I'm not going to apologise for it. It was out of my hands, but uh, I appreciate coming on because it was an episode that I was really looking forward to. Obviously, as I've said to you before, Phil and, and Carl, I think in part one, League of Ireland, something that I've been looking to get into a little bit more. So, in the history of the clubs, especially as well, just 
you know, kind of expanding our more knowledge base and stuff. So, uh, apologies that I missed the first half. Uh, apologies to the listeners as well. Um, I'll make sure it doesn't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've done enough apologising. That's uh, now your grand, Rory. And uh, look, Carl, uh, thank you for coming on once again. As I said, we will have you on at any time. Yeah, thanks, guys. Really enjoyed the two parts. Uh, uh, yeah, good chat with you. Cheers. And uh, to our listeners, um, you can find all our podcasts on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And I think they're on other podcast platforms that me and Rory actually don't know about. Uh, but you can also find us on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, where our link tree is, you can follow the, the relaunch of the blog, uh, definitely some articles that will be coming up soon, and other projects that will be coming up very, very soon. But from myself, Phil, uh, Rory and Carl, uh, thank you for listening, and I hope you tune in again. Bye-bye.